Hey there, lovely Water Trio people. I'm here with my dear friends, Alicia Youssef and Kelly Surtees, and we're here delivering you all the astrology updates for the period uh, starting March through till about the 15th. So how have you both been? Pretty good. Great. Pretty good. Awesome. I think so we're, we're going to... Yeah. Sorry. Go, Kaz. We're just uh, enjoying uh, delivering these deeper insights and the new format, so we're hoping that you're enjoying it as well. Um, and you're going to mention something, Kel? I was going to say, I think we're recording this just after Mercury has gone retrograde and we've all had like colds or tummy bugs, you know, last weekend. So we're all uh, just battling through today. We're Mars all the Capricorning. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Mars in Capricorning our way through, uh, through this retrograde. So uh, feel free to leave us a comment below how you found this station, if it's affected your health or... Uh, any other things like it's kind of have for us. So we're starting uh, this episode and I'm going to throw it straight over to Leash, who's going to talk to us about Mercury and what's happening there. Yes, we've got, I'm excited about this. We've got Mercury in the last degrees of Aquarius. Um, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Yep. It is? Yes, yes of course. It is. It changes signs. <laughs> it's so Mercury I retro. I know that. Yeah. Yep. Mercury in the last degrees of Aquarius. I'm like, aren't we out of there yet? Um, but he's sextiling Venus in Aries and he, she's in the last degrees too. This is right before she moves into Taurus, which we'll be talking about soon. But it's almost, I always love these two connecting and people don't talk about it so often because they're both so quick moving planets. But there's just this sense of they're both messages you know, he's the messenger of words and of mind and she's the messenger of love and, and relationships. And they're both in quite yang signs. This is why I was the one that was like, can we please do something yang? Because we've got so much yin going on in the sky right now with all the Capricorn and all the Pisces. It just feels nice to actually get something that's a little bit more lively. So it just feels like Mercury's coming up and he's retrograde still, but he's getting a chance to check in where Venus is at before she leaves Aries. So she's got her, she's got an ability to speak with her, with the loudspeaker that Mercury has of, okay, what do you really want? How are you going to express those large, last Venus in Aries things of what is the message for me? How am I looking after me first? What is it in relationships that I need to think about and look at before she goes into Taurus and we get all the sensual, earthy loveliness that she's going to have there? So I do love that Venus in Aries vibe, of course. Um, and it's, been nice to have her just in a bit more kick-ass mode uh, and a bit more me mode than the usual we mode that she's in. So yeah, I think on this day, so this is happening Thursday the 5th here in Australia. I think it'll be Wednesday the 4th everywhere else in the world. And it's just a chance to really get a lot to speak something a little bit unusual, a little bit different, or to find a new way of working in relationships where you get to assert what you need just as much as the other person is in what they're doing too. What about you girls? What do you think of this? Well, yes. do you want to say something? No, your thoughts, Kel. We love your thoughts. <laughs> oh, my God, thanks. Um, I will. It's a nice collaboration. We all get to share our bits and pieces. Um, I love Mercury sextile aspects. I think it's a totally underestimated or underrated aspect. So even if you have it in your birth chart, for instance, um, 
Mercury and Venus together, there's like a talent and a sweetness. There's like a skill. It's like you can do something well, if you like. Um, Mercury being a little bit more about like a, a talent or a skill or a technique and Venus being the sweetness or the pleasantness or the doing it in such a nice way that people want more of it. And Mercury's just slipped back into Aquarius. He's finally left Pisces after more than a month there. So we will get a chance to reconnect with ideas that were maybe floating around in our brains or buzzing around in our communities or friendships back in early February, uh, which was the last time Mercury was at the end of Aquarius. And so this Venus sextile Mercury is like a chance to resurrect something with new support that you didn't have perhaps back in early February. But I, I love the yang quality that you mentioned, Leash. Venus in a fire sign, Mercury in an air sign. They're both slightly more outward oriented or extroverted signs. And this is going to make it easier to express things or speak about things or even get going with that project or that planning that's been a bit delayed. So I'm really looking forward to that sort of lift and that sense of movement and momentum uh, with this aspect. What about you, Cass? I know you're our Mercury gal. Uh, yeah, there's just a little bit there. Um, yeah, I also really uh, like this aspect too and agree with you, Lishi, about the underratedness of it. And there's a real deal sweetener component to this and with mm. the Mercury retrograde, it might be this sort of stuck feeling, no, I'm not sure, particularly in Pisces, yeah, nah, yeah, no kind of situation. Then Venus comes along with all her fire and all her enthusiasm and all her, yeah, let's do the thing. And then, you know, Mercury now just sort of dipped back into Aquarius is a lot more functional um, than uh, Mercury in Pisces then kind of goes, yeah, sure, you've talked me into it. And so this might help you to kind of come to some kind of workable deal or workable conclusion or perhaps voice something that you couldn't quite get out when Mercury was going backwards in Pisces. But now in Aquarius, there's a little bit more dryness, a little bit more separative to it. You can maybe separate a little bit of emotion and just say the thing or do the thing that you've been meaning to do. But it doesn't have to be, um, you know, so forthright that it feels assertive or so forthright that it feels perhaps combative or, you know, um, even like a little bit of aggressive. Sometimes people are afraid to speak up or say what they really want or what they really mean because they can fear saying too much or offending the other person. But this is an aspect that encourages you to do that and then you'll get that support and that harmony through honesty. Um, I think we've mentioned her on the podcast before and there's a lady that's very uh, popular on Instagram called The Holistic Psychologist mm. and she actually posted something today. Hang on, let me just double-check my Instagram because I shared it on my own stories because it was very powerful, I thought, for kind of what's coming up. And it said if being nice, which is Aries in, uh, sorry, Venus in Aries isn't really about being nice, means neglecting your own wants to be viewed in a positive light, it's manipulation. So that was a very interesting thought, I, I thought, that, and this aspect can really help us to really connect with that honesty in a really mutual way that promotes you know, the good connections and the good communication as well. Yeah, it's going to be a yeah. nice, fun, clarifying type of vibe to kick off this two-week period. Yeah, it'll really help to lift the fog of the Mercury retrograde in the Pisces component, I think. Yes. So that will be a nice little, uh, almost like a little fuel injection of 
bit of sweetness and action and mojo. Because it has been yeah. a month, yeah, with Mercury mm. in Pisces. So, you know, Mercury was in Pisces, then it went retrograde in Pisces, and Mercury's going to move into Aquarius, change the vibe. So now going forward, we're kind of done with the Mercury retro in Pisces part of this cycle. Yeah. So I think we get yeah. like 12 days of Mercury in Aquarius. Is that right, approximately? Um, yeah, until the 16th. Yeah. So it's, mm. a good, yeah, it's a good dose of a little bit of drying out. Yeah, just yeah. brings the more um, like more verbal uh, into yes, it. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Sorry, Lee, you were going to say um, something. Cass and I are doing oh, our no. mutable lockout. <laughs> <laughs> Talking about Mercury, of course we are. <laughs> <laughs> and you know me, I'm the Scorpio. I don't like to take up. You know, I I have my deep, quick wisdom drops and then I don't you know you guys yeah. do all the chats I love it I love it um no for me I just it's the fact that as it's entering those last degrees of Aquarius and coming back into that space it's like whatever we're reviewing there Venus gets to bring in a bit of I don't know just a, a lightness and a chance to cut through things and dry out <laughs> Mercury because he's been in so much water so he kind of (laughs) exactly so he's in the air and then Venus is like here let me just you know burn you with a brand or you know kind of put you next to the fire maybe not burn you with the brand but put you next to the fire and and warm you up and dry you out a bit so yeah um, I guess it's a good chance to really have that those thoughts and those ideas of what can I redo around Venus too so yeah I feel like I'm Mercury and Pisces bubbling, babbling, so I'm just going to stop. No, I love it. I love it. I mean, this kind of rolls straight into the middle of this first week of March, though, because then the very next day, you know, uh, we'll have Venus change signs. So mm-hmm. Mercury changes signs, Mercury and Venus hold hands, and then Venus changes signs. And that's kind of Wednesday, Thursday, 4th, 5th of March. So on the 5th of March is something we have all been waiting for, which is Venus moving into Taurus. Uh, and Leash, I think you're going to tell us more about that. No, Cass. Oh, Cass, of course. Cass oh my is gosh. the Venus in Taurus girls. <laughs> Cass is like, I'm a, let me I'm talk offended. about this thing. <laughs> <laughs> Scorpio talk about Venus in Taurus. You're like, how can I be ignored? And that's, we were talking about our Venus in Taurus foods. So tell us more, Cass, about this. Um, I decided I would share just a brief story about Venus in Taurus to hopefully encapsulate some of the joy and the bounty and the laziness you get to experience. (laughs) So um, last time Venus was in um, Taurus uh, was the Norwax season of 2019. And I was in the bar, you know, Venus likes a drink, and I got approached by the delightful Caitlin of Spear and Sundry, and she was in a... Hang on. Did you say you were in the bar? Or Because I heard you were in the bath. No, I don't do baths. I was... (laughs) I like to drink my liquids, not soak in them. (laughs) You guys are hilarious. This is like a whole other story in my mind. Sorry. So you were at the bar? I I was probably there with the delightful Gabe and we were probably drinking scotch and Caitlin came up to me and she's in a bit of a conundrum. She'd made this, the Venus and Taurus series but wanted to get it back to Ashland without it going through airport security and there it is. And so I was, I didn't have any clue how I was actually going to manoeuvre the, the goods because 
I hadn't even worked out how I was maneuvering myself yet. So I took on, I put my hand up and said, yes, I'll be this planetary magic uh, goods mule uh, for you and I'll get it down. I'll find, I'll find a way, you know, and um, we just wanted it to not go through the airport security. Anyway, um, in the x-ray. Because the x-ray stuff, yeah. Yeah, this, so the x-rays can apparently reduce some of the planetary magic charge. So anyway, I ended up getting like at the 11th hour because um, uh, I think there was a, um, a Mercury retrograde or something at the time, maybe a Mercury-Neptune aspect, and I was having troubles with the tr- getting the Amtrak ticket to get into my inbox. And then a fellow Australian just came to the rescue with some other people and he transported me down to Portland where I was staying for a couple of days. And then it happened to be my Venus return. And I, we, it was totally unplanned that this happened on the day, but I got taken to the Portland Rose Garden. We got high on the beautiful smell of roses, just like going through the garden, smelling, oh, this one and this one and this one, laughing like children, smelling roses with my friend Barry. And then we spent the rest of the afternoon just chatting, talking, doing a whole lot of nothing. And then he took me to his favourite steak restaurant in Portland so we're drinking steak and drinking wine and eating the finest and most beautiful of foods and that was on my Venus return so I share that story to hopefully uh, inspire you with some of the beautiful uh, essence of experience and nature and comfort and just pure joy that day was filled with the roses it was filled with beautiful food and wine dear friends and just just that essence of just that connection and that togetherness and enjoying the simple things. And it was the most beautiful and unexpected. Of course, there's the Uranus component there. Uh, Mm. Venus returned that Mm. I I couldn't have planned it better. So I really do hope that some of that essence is what, you know, even if it doesn't happen as naturally as that all unfolded, that if you can even bring a little bit more of that into your life, like nourish your body with a favourite food or Go out and buy some beautiful roses and just make your home feel a little bit more um, abundant and fragrant and, um, you know, that real fecund uh, essence of Taurus where she's just got all the fruits of of everything. And this is um, coming into springtime in, um, you know, starting to get that little bit of change of seasons in the Northern Hemisphere a little bit. So, you know, that's a beautiful time where those days are starting to grow a little bit longer and you can start to see a slight shift in nature um, and all the good things. So, um, as you can probably tell, I'm looking forward to being a Taurus. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. <laughs> oh, I get to kind of just, you know, just, you know, be me. <laughs> but anyway, what are you girls looking forward to most about this? How do you expect it to um, play out? What can people look forward to with this transit? Well, I've got some Venus in Taurus magic to share as well because I got a bottle of Caitlin's beautiful Venus in Taurus oil and after using it with some Venus rituals, we won a painting Oh, and then, wow. so a beautiful, and it was commissioned. It was like we won not a painting, but a commission. Like we could commission a piece, whatever we wanted. And so we can't, I said, you know, I love astrology and we love the beach. So she commissioned this beautiful, she took it off Instagram, this beautiful picture of Joseph and I, my husband, on the beach. Like I didn't even ask for that. It was just all this amazing kind of Venus unification, of course, the backdrop of the stars. And it was so Venus in Taurus. And at the same time, people kept giving us honey. 
Like, oh yes, we you said the honey. Yeah. <laughs> we had like seven jars of honey given to us within a two-week period. So, you know, this really speaks to the sweetness and uh, and the taste of sweetness as well. I mean, there's definitely sweetness with Venus in Libra, but the sweetness of Venus in Taurus and the, the earthy, the groundedness, the sensualness. And, you know, for me, I had to laugh because a lot of this came through Joseph. Um, you know, he was being given it at the markets and a lot of it involved him. And so my Venus is in the eighth house, but my Taurus bit's the second house. So it was almost like I was getting all these lovely resources, but through my own Venus in the eighth house, which came through my husband. So it was quite an interesting play of that. But I guess, you know, really having a look at where in your chart Taurus is and where you can bring some unification, some connection, some collaboration and cooperation. And also treat yourself. Like Venus in Taurus is like, it's about me and I'm going to look after myself and I'm going to do all the nice things, the luxury things, you know, go on a spa date with a friend or go out and have that lovely lunch. I wish I could eat a steak with you, Cass. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, doing all those, you know, go and enjoy a cocktail or something like that. Something that's just, you know, titillating the senses. So that's my take. What about you, Kel? Oh, you guys are doing such a great job. I'm like, where's the steak and where's the chocolate cake? <laughs> but it is, I mean, Venus in Taurus, it's it's the only earth sign that's ruled by Venus. Um, it's actually, yeah, it's where Venus has her most dignity in any earth sign. And so it is about the sweetness and the pleasures of the body or the material world. Uh, but Venus, of course, is also in Taurus, there's a stabilizing quality. Now, I know the first few days of Venus and Taurus, will Venus will be dealing with Uranus, which isn't what we would describe as stable. But I think by the time we get into week two of March, when Venus has passed the conjunction to Uranus, we will see a little bit more of a finding our footing in new circumstances or with some of those unexpected changes. Um, so the tactile, and I also think to what you were saying, I think Leash something made me think of this idea of Venus in Taurus having standards. So Venus in Taurus, and this is something I've always appreciated about you, Cass, is you kind of know, like you don't put up with shit that other women do in certain situations, work situations or dating situations. I I know a few people with Venus in Taurus and they're just so much more like, I'm not being treated well here, so I don't think I'll stay Mm. in this situation. Mm. Um, And there's nothing egotistical about it. There's just a real sense of quality or I know what I'm worth or what I deserve and I won't really accept anything less than that standard. So I love... It's a high bar. It's it is a high bar, bar isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I feel honoured to be, to be within that bar or above that bar. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, yeah. like from a romantic situation, I'm sorry, but... It's a, it's a tall order. So, you know, yeah. this is what everybody can embrace, I think, under the this influence is, mm. you know, if you have set your standards a little bit too low, um, there was a really beautiful um, thing, I was, I'm referring to Instagram again, but there's a guy I follow on there, I think he refers to himself as the Matthew Hussey and he's like a relationship guy, he's quite famous. And he said... Um, you know, in dating, women need to get themselves off the sales rack and start becoming mm-hmm. the buyer, you know, be being the chooser rather than the choosee. And I think Venus in Taurus, the, the essence of what she brings to the table, it's like, um, you know, she know, as you said, she knows her worth and she knows her value mm. and she's not getting like, a, you know, a second outlet stuff. She wants the best quality at the 
the, you know, all the fining, all the fine trimmings and the decadence that comes with it. So um, not from a, like a high maintenance perspective, but it's more that, yeah, that sense of knowing one's worth I and knowing more. one's value. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Um, and I yeah. think that is, um, you know, really like, more the inner self-care that Taurus is very good at doing, like knowing mm. where the boundary is or knowing where the limit is. And sometimes it can be a little bit rigid, but it's knowing it can be quite principle orientated and not really w- willing to budge on some core elements within, you know, a friendship or relationship or the people that you keep company with or the food you buy or whatever it is, you know. So there is that yeah. sort of benchmark that, um, like a like an energetic minimum that Taurus yeah. holds, which um, you know, done well is a cert- it's a good quality control. Yeah, it's definitely like quality over quantity, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Mm. So I, I remember think that just highlights. Oh, sorry, Cass. I remember a friend of mine. Um, she said to me a really long time ago, and I all she was a bit older than me, and she taught me a lot about some of the finer things in life. But one thing she always says, very simple, life's too short to drink cheap wine and eat cheap mayonnaise. And I always remember that for some reason. <laughs> but I don't know why. <laughs> she just really knew that sort of textiles and that quality. She was a Venus and Taurus too. Yeah. That makes sense. Mayonnaise is such a Taurus mm. food, right? <laughs> <laughs> Slather it on. <laughs> Yeah, but um, so that's the four weeks of Venus and Taurus. So it's nice to have a, a dignified benefic coming through yep. um, with, you know, Jupiter not in great condition at the moment. So it's like, you know, we've harped on about it a little bit, but I think this is where there is some planetary juice to squeeze. And so take it for what you can and make the most of it. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, it's- so I think just to highlight, because Kel, you mentioned it, the Venus conjunct Uranus is at early in the morning on Monday the 9th here in Australia. So that'll be on the Sunday the 8th in the rest of the world. Um, so it's kind of after that that the goodness will really flow. So there might be some shocks or some unexpected things before that um, or just a bit of friction and a bit of rubbing. Um, so the, yeah, the, the sweetness might that. not slow. <laughs> So it is going to make Fridays. Not a Scorpio. <laughs> oh, my Lord, you too. <laughs> well, we do have Venus opposite each other. <laughs> you guys do. Oh, my gosh. Um, so Fridays in March are just going to have that extra special Venus vibe uh, because we will have Venus in Taurus, one of her home signs, and Friday being the day of Venus. So if you are going to do something beautiful like treat yourself to a massage or that extra nice bottle of wine or chocolates or even plan a quality time experience with a loved one, whether that's a friend or a child or your romantic partner, Fridays um, during March and even Monday nights, which is the night of Venus, are going to have extra Venus charge this month. So, yeah, absolutely enjoy it as much as you can. Yeah. Get your hands in the earth, get out and go for bushwalks, all those beautiful nature things too. So who's up next? Is that for sure. you, Kel, with uh, the full Kelly. moon in Virgo? Yeah. 
Oh, yeah, the full moon in Virgo, because it is full moon fortnight, I guess. Full mm-hmm. moon in Virgo. So I've got this happening Monday, uh, March 9th at 19 degrees Virgo. I actually don't know off the top of my head when this is happening in Australia. That's the Eastern it's time. Is it the 3.47 a.m. here in Brisbane? On the 10th. On the 10th, right. So it'll yeah. be the night of the night that we're going to see the moon at its fullest in Virgo. Yeah. Now, as much as I love Pisces season, I do always enjoy the full moon in Virgo as a 48-hour window of like organising and attempting to get grounded again. So the full moon in Virgo, I think, can bring some clarity about practical plans or even bring to light some of the information or details or data that has been missing or obscured or hard to locate. You know, if you've lost a document or you're trying to find this one thing or you can't remember what you agreed to, the full moon can bring some clarity. I mean, Leash, I know you're going to talk a little bit more about Mercury stationing direct, which is also happening uh, around the same time. So there is this sense of like things that have been stuck coming to light. Uh, I always see Virgo as having a lot to do with our physical body. Um, Virgo is a sign that I always think represents the mind-body connection. It's an earth sign, so it's got that tactile, physical quality, but it's ruled by Mercury, which is the planet of the mind. So um, getting some insights about how your mindset affects what's going on in your body or how your physical wellness affects your mindset can be highlighted under the Virgo full moon. And because it's Virgo, we see um, a new awareness around food quality and digestion and nutrition sort of popping up. So it can be a time where we're trying to make sure we're eating really good quality food or we're just trying to get into some of those wellness rituals uh, in addition to doing, of course, that lovely analytical problem solving that the full moon in Virgo can really help highlight solutions for. Um, So this is a full moon that I do look forward to each year. Uh, What about each of you gals? How are you feeling about the full moon in Virgo? Cass? Crickets. Um, I do like this one too. And I love how it is happening, um, you know, within reach of Mercury station. So there is this real sense of something coming to light or something being illuminated um, that has been part of that foggy uh, retrograde experience. So there is this sense of drying out or clarity or um, solving a problem or coming up with a workable solution under this full moon. Um, So I do like it for that. And I guess because it is opposing the part of the chart that has been causing mercury mayhem uh, potentially, going to the other part of that chart, maybe where you find that solace or the solution. Um, and I think, Kel, I don't know why I'm referencing Instagram so much, but I see that uh, I see that um, that meme too that you shared today with the cat sitting in a crate oh, yes. saying, you know, if you focus on the problem, then sometimes the solution evades you. And sometimes, you know, with the Mercury full moon or the Virgo full moon, it's to kind of like – get you know the spot the problem will be spotlighted or the solution to the problem you're trying to figure out will be spotlighted and it's coming away from the Pisces part of your chart and into the opposing Virgo part of the chart might also help to give you a personal clue as to where the solution lies so turning away from your Pisces focus on the Virgo and boom you know you might find that little problem is solved or that you know little Uh, mercury retrograde snafu kind of irons itself out so there's a possibility there as well 
But taking care of yourself, getting back to good sort of routines and rhythms, I think is important when Virgo's involved. It likes a bit of structure, likes a little bit of, uh, you know, flexible chaos. So organised chaos, I think, is a good one for uh, Virgo. And you, Lishi, what did you think about this one? I feel like, you know, Pisces always season always reminds me of being in a big, wide, flowing river and you're kind of on this boat floating down and then suddenly the full moon in Virgo happens. It's like, oh, I'm just going to throw the anchor over here and just stop for a little while, you know, get out of the flow, maybe sit on the side and just reevaluate where I've been for the last two weeks since that new moon in Pisces. What's been going on? What are the dreams that I've had? What are all the things I'm trying to create? And then how can I actually ground them? And with Pisces season, looking to Jupiter in Capricorn and this new moon also, full moon also being in an earth sign, it's like getting to reality. Let's get practical. Let's see what can actually happen. Where can we draw the line under things? So I think this will be a time where the dreams that are possible will really come into focus and we'll just have to make some choices about what we put on the back burner or what we let keep floating down the river and hope maybe we'll meet at the other end. Um, But yeah, it's like kind of weighing anchor for a while to take stock and that polarity that always happens with the full moons. Like you were talking about, Cass, you know, the antidote lying in the opposite is, is the possibility of this. So yeah, if you're feeling you know, I always say Pisces season often needs some grounding. So this is one of those points where you can find it because as much as um, going with the flow and just being is a wonderful thing, sometimes it can be too much. Um, So yeah, there's a chance to kind of just get your feet on the ground at this point. Totally, totally. Yeah. Full moon in Virgo vibes to bring Mm -hmm. some insight and then... Leash, you want oh, to tell yeah. us more about yeah. something else? <laughs> I'm talking about, yeah. Well, the fact that this full moon, and we've already talked about it a bit, the fact that this full moon is looking to that Mercury in Uranus, which is literally it's stationing to go direct on that same day. And thank God it's stationing in Aquarius is all I can say, and it's not in Pisces. I don't know. I just find the stations in the water signs is bringing up so much phlegm. I, I mean, as we talked about at the beginning of the episode, there's a lot of purging, a lot of like fluids, a lot of that kind of sort of stuff. So hopefully we won't see it as much. And I always talk about the stations as a day to just be careful. The stations are always the trickiest parts of the retrograde period. So it is really lovely that we're getting to a point where it's like, okay, all the patience we've had to have, the frustrations we've been feeling are um, coming to an end. But it's like we just need that extra day of right. What are we? What you know, not quite back up to speed yet. So this is a day to definitely make sure you're crossing all your eyes and dotting all your T's, and yeah, just giving yourself a bit of patience and then getting ready to to start going again. I think in the past, Cass, you've used that lovely analogy of, you know, stretching the bow right back. And, you know, this is the point where it's ready to fire. So, you know, in Aquarius, you can be looking how high you can fire that away. Um, and, you know, the future visions of where you want to go as it travels back over the ground. It's been going over for the last kind of four weeks by this stage. Yeah. Thoughts on this, Cass? So many thoughts. Yeah. Um, I mean, Mercury will be sort of returning to territory that it was at the beginning of February. Yeah. 
So this, so it's there is a link to this station and when Mercury got to the end of Aquarius at the beginning of February. So there is that sense of, you know, stationing, tying up those loose ends, but there's also this little part of me that wonders, is there something connected to this um, station direct in Aquarius? I mean, obviously not a degree-based thing, but what also happens, uh, which we'll talk about next week, um, is we also have a lot of Aquarius movement coming up. Okay, so we'll have a little bit of ingress with Saturn. There's a lot of uh, Aquarius action happening later in the year. So perhaps this direct station may give some kind of insight or some kind of uh, message or some type of awareness or information that maybe you can't act on just yet, but might give you a little bit of a glimpse or a window uh, into a piece of the puzzle that might get solved a little bit later on. I like and you, it. Kel, I don't I like think it. you've mentioned uh, this one just yet. Oh, I mean, I don't know what I could add that's different. I like, I agree, I like that Mercury stationing in Aquarius, not in Pisces, because I think we've had enough Mercury stationing in Pisces for a little while. As I'm just looking at my month ahead plan, I'm really getting that vibe that, you know, Mercury's in Aquarius from the 4th of March to the 15th of March, which just gives us a chance to do a little bit more uh, of that forward looking. You know, when Mercury's in Pisces, it's very inward looking. It's It can be very emotional, very intuitive, but Mercury in Aquarius is much more about connection with community or, or looking outwards. And I think with the station on March 9th or 10th, if you're in Australia, there is that sense of let's move forward now. We've done a lot of maybe brainstorming or tossing ideas around. And now let's make a choice from the options or from the information we have available. And I think it, they're almost, to me, feels like coming out of this second week in March, it's like emerging from a tunnel We've had the full moon, we've had Mercury station, the full moon is kind of tied in a little bit to Neptune as well. And then each day after the full moon and Mercury station, it just gets a little bit clearer, things seem, mm. things seem to make a little bit more sense or it starts to come together, together a little bit more easily. Um, yeah. So I do think it's like forward from here, if that makes sense. For sure. Yeah. And yeah. it also feels Emerging. like... Yeah. And it feels like as well, you know, because we've had so many Mercury retrogrades in water signs, like all of last year, this year too, but next year is when the air sign stuff happens and it feels like all the retrogrades this year have the final station in the air sign. So these are kind of giving us some indicators of the ground that will be going over next year and, and what will be brought up in those places, you know, because this is a time where we're actually really getting to delve deal. <laughs> dig deep in our charts when Mercury's retrograde over those particular points. It's a chance to really look at the themes of those houses, think on them, dwell on them, consider them. And so this is a sense, okay, you know, the baton is in hand, it's changing over. Or maybe it's just me, you know, the water signs being the hidden houses in my chart. Um, I'm a bit over it, but <laughs> digging into those places. But yeah, I'll be glad when it moves into the air signs for sure. <laughs> Totally, totally. So, Cass. Oh, I was just going to like kind of just tangent off what you were mentioning, Leash. Um, the elemental uh, phases of Mercury, they kind of repeat every six years approximately. So we will get kind of mm. like um, water retrogrades uh, every six years. Um, then we'll get, the, you know, 
the you know, different elements as we go. So it's the retrograde um, mid-year in Cancer is the only one this year that is in, the entirety is in a water sign. We get the air overlap later in the year of Scorpio. And then, of course, next year uh, we have the air um, triplicity oh, sorry, uh, taking yeah, over the nice. retrogrades. No, that's okay. I mean, it's just that, you know, the Cancer retrograde oh, yeah. is the, the only one that uh, is purely Cancer. So... Um, maybe not quite as um, uh, like confusing as the Pisces one, but not much better. <laughs> so yeah, yeah it will be yeah. nice to have a you know slightly more functional Mercury retrogrades, perhaps. Um, but yeah, the water ones do tend to bring up you know that real um, subliminal and the deeper stuff that sometimes our rational mind doesn't give us the space uh, to really process and think about so much. So they are a little bit more. Uh, soulful or intuitive which can be frustrating because mercury doesn't really want to deal with those things so yeah it's a lot of stuff a lot cool. of a lot yeah yes yeah, so many things so, so was there anything else we wanted to to cover yes you know all of this is kind of happening building up to that lunation as well so there is this as you said cal like coming out of the end of the tunnel and boom and then things just kind of you know the race is over the retrograde is done and we can start to you know, um, you know, take a, a downward slide into the month of March with all the planetary uh, side changes. Totally, totally. Yeah. So we've talked about Instagram just a little bit. So, I mean, we don't have a Water Trio Instagram account. We probably should get on that considering we're talking about Mercury retrograde. But, you know, if you are on Instagram and you would like to, uh, you know, check out all the happenings that we talk about there, you know, on the show about Instagram, we can pop our handles down in the comments below. Um, did you want to plug anything that you're talking about or teaching or touring or any of your exciting happenings, Kel? Uh, yeah, I think I'm still teaching my beginner's course uh, that runs through till the middle of March. But because this will be the start of the month episode, I should also mention my monthly astrology subscription. So for people who want insight around every aspect each month, I do have a special members only portal where you can get special videos and resources to make sure you've got all the insights for the month ahead. So I'll put the link for that down below. Uh, what about you, Leish? What do you have coming up? Um. Well, two things. Firstly, with Venus in Taurus, I will be having a special offer for WebStripe subscribers on my consults. So make sure you are subscribed to my newsletter and keep an eye out for that. Uh, also, I will be doing a webinar on relationships on Thursday, the 12th of March. This is part astrology, but it's also part just looking at psychological tools to be able to use in your relationships to just bring health and understanding um into your into your interactions with each other so yeah what about you Cass um myself I will be well I'm still teaching my beginners program too we're probably up to about week three now or week two um and later in the month a date to be announced uh I will be doing a um like a manifesting ritual under the astrological new year um, bringing in your perfected years. So um, all the details will be on the website uh, for that if you'd like to um, join in and sort of, you know, get some help and um, advice on how to work with your perfected year and manifest what you are wanting to bring into uh, the next astrological year. 
So all the dates cool. for that will be uh, announced really soon. Excellent. Cool. So I guess we've uh, we've covered the first half of the month. So we hope you enjoy that episode. And we really look forward to um, connecting with you in the next one. Um, feel free to leave us any comments, what your uh, Mercury retrograde experiences were, what you're looking forward to about Venus and Taurus, how you want to bring more luxury into your life. Um, and please subscribe. And that helps us get our podcast and share astrology with more people. So I guess that's a wrap for today then. Yeah. 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 Thanks, everyone. Thanks, so everyone. good to connect with Bye. you all. Take care. Bye.